Okay, Perich Vov Os Yud Gimel. Yeah, chapter 6, uh, paragraph 13. Okay, so um, the truth is for you guys, we can pretty much just skip this whole paragraph because uh, you're the experts in this, but just because we're here, we'll just give you a chance to show off your unbelievable knowledge. Okay? Did you say 13? I'm sorry. Yes, I did. Um, so we have discussed that so far four stages in the part four chapter six paragraph thirteen chapter six okay now you got now you are looking for Yud Gimel in your book it'll be page one fifty three at the top. Okay. Alright. So, we're talking about uh, the tefillah. We had three stages of building up towards the connection to Hashem. And then the fourth stage was the actual connection, asking our needs and uh, bringing down that uh, divine influence. Yeah? And we have already explained that it's not by coincidence there are these stages of preparation and then the stage of actual connection to Hashem because that's um, how many worlds there are. Um, so, just you mean like a person does that outside of Dabbing, is what you're saying? Anytime you're going to be connecting, you're going to be doing that. I mean, you, that's the distance one has to travel from the physical world he is in to his emotional place to his deep spiritual neshama place, yeah. uh, and then ultimately connecting to Hashem. But that is what we're doing in chakras. Yeah, that, yeah, that part I understood. I didn't realize that that's... Which was the Carbonus. Psuki de Zimra, verse of praise. The Shema with its blessings. And then finally, the Amida is where we stand in front of Hashem. Okay, who wants to speak out which, how the worlds line up with the parts of davening that we just said? Same order. Bottom of the top. Okay, Alan? Yes. What do you mean, like from the physical to the emotional, like the yeah, angels so, so we got, to the throne, right, 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 and to Hashem. Good. So we got right. So we got the physical world down here. Now, if you remember, we did carbon. With that corresponds to carbon sacrifices, right? What, what was the connection that we made, Philip? Remember? Why? What is the connection of? Yeah. Our physical, right? And then we also spoke about the concept of um, subjugating and subduing um, some of the powerful physical drives, right? That's where the temptations are, right? The, the, you know, the meat is calling out for you, you know, you want to eat this delicious grilled. Um, lamb, right? And you say, no, 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 that's going to be to Hashem, right? So uh, that's, that's, uh, there's two parts to this world. There's number one, not getting drawn into it, negating the, the, the Yetzirah, the, the, the negative inclination that's trying to use the physical world to pull us away, and then 
redirecting and actually giving it over to Hashem. Right? That's the, that's both of those are symbolized by by by, by the carbonos. Right? Instead of using this physical world for my own hedonistic needs, instead I'm going to use it to bring honor to Hashem. Um, that's going to be. It's going to be. You're trying to line that up with Mr. Sharm. If anything, it'd probably be some precious and probably some kedusha afterwards. Um, so fine. So that was that. So that's going to correspond to the world of Isaiah. So that's what he's just saying right here. He's saying there are four worlds: the world of Isaiah, the physical world, which he says subdivides into two parts: the lower physical world down here um, on Earth, and the higher physical world, the heavens, the, the, you know, the celestial places, etc. So that would correspond to the two parts potentially of what we said uh, with the carbonism. A, you know, the surmera, the staying away from the negative, the negating the temptation of the of the physical world, and then instead going up and and, and, and serving Hashem with it. Then we've got the higher worlds of the angels, that's the Tzuki the Zimra, then we've got the higher world still of the Kohos HaNivdalim, the disembodied um, powers, world of absolute abstraction, um, you know, I'm not sure if this is an, an analogy, or perhaps there's, it's more than an analogy, but um, Josh, where does the power of gravity live? Sorry? In the core, the Earth's core, maybe? The power of gravity resides in the Earth's core. And, and let me ask you a question. How does it manage to help... Um, galaxies far, far away that there's gravity over there. If it's located in Earth's core, and don't other bodies have their own gravity, gravitational? Oh, so you're saying it's not located in Earth's core? So the answer is nowhere, right? It's it's a it's a whatever you want to call it, a force. It just it is a part of reality. It's everywhere but nowhere. It's not a body. It's disembodied. It doesn't have a body. Right? It's like a concept. Or, or Philip, where is it? One plus one equals two. Where is that located? It's not physical. It's for everyone. This is kind of beyond the physical. Beyond the celestial, meaning like the stars. Beyond, that. beyond angels. Because angels also have some sort of a... Uh, so localized of definition. The what? Reference to the throne, then. So this is the world. This is the world of Bria. This this will be called the throne, right? The divine throne, and that's because, so to speak, that's you know, the, uh, the throne or the Merkava, the chariot. Uh, that would be like the or an analogy of um, um, what, are the, what are those? Um, is some sort of a cartoon or something where like you have like a person sitting in like the head of a big robot like Transformers or something like that wasn't there something like that Power Rangers yeah okay so like you know so there's a man and he's in the place where all the levers are and like from there he can control everything right so that's 
he's sitting in the power chair, right? That's the power chair. That's the kisei. So that's an analogy to us. Um, there's the kisei, the world, of, the, the world of Bria. That's the, called the kisei, the throne. And then there's the Adam al Gabi kisei, in the analogy of, in the vision of the Nevi'im. There's a Adam al Gabi kisei. There's the like the appearance of a man, like the appearance, not a man, like the appearance of a man sitting upon the top of the throne. That is. Um, the, the manifestation, the revelation of of, uh, of the world of Atsilus that we're going to be discussing next, the, the, the divine, divine. Okay, so um, fine. So the, so those those all correspond. Now the Ramchal is careful to explain that although we will often refer to in a lot of the holy books, it's referred to that there are four worlds. Again, the worlds are. Yeah. Well, let's, let's use the names. Let's use the names. Sia, Yitzira, Bria, and Atsilus. Okay. Literally, uh, it means uh, emanate, emanation, the world of emanation, um, which means something closer than Bri. Bri is something that's bar, outside, separate, right? uh, like in Aramaic, a sum is a bar, mm-hmm. uh, or the language bar means outside, of, like a baraisa, means an external teaching. Yeah? Um, that's emanation? No, that's, that's Bria, that's Bria. the world of Bria. Creation. When something is created, it's separate. It's outside of Hashem, separate from Hashem. The emanation is something closer. So, what, what is the? So, so, the, so, although we refer to it as a world, says the Ramchal, we only refer to it as a world, um, as a borrowed term. Okay, why is it only a borrowed term? Because world connotes that there are multiple um, existences that are located in a particular place and interact. Okay? Here, we're talking about the conducts of Hashem. This is not... They're not actual existences. These are modes of manifestation. For example, if I behave to you sometimes with kindness, and sometimes with strictness, and sometimes with uh, openness, and sometimes with uh, kind of more and more compassion, right? So... Those are, there's nothing really, it's not like, there's not like separate existences, it's not like concrete things, right? These are, these are modes, these are different masks that I can wear, right? Aspects, right? Aspects of manifestation, right? Um, now those aspects have certain rules with the, with which you know, Hashem uses them, and that's so that we should be able to have some sort of an ability to relate, right? If I if I relate with my my children, it could be that they know that in certain situations Abba does like this, and in other situations Abba does like that. So there's certain you know ways that you can um, relate. Otherwise, how, how do you relate to the infinite, right? So that's so the world of Atzilus is a way for us to relate, but it's not a world because there's a, 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 in the, per se because there's not a uh, concrete, separate existences, 
and they're not in any particular place. But they do interact with one another. They're different modes of expression. Divine expression can intertwine, interweave. I can be both kind and compassionate. I can be compassionate in my kindness. I can be kind in my compassionateness. I can be strict in my kindness. Right? They can... They can so that interconnectedness, interrelationship, that you do have. And that's why it can be referred to as a world. It's not a world per se, because at the end of the day, it's all conducts of Hashem. Makes sense? So that's like a important thing to know. Hmm? It's still beyond. Well, it's beyond to the extent that we're really little guys, but it's not beyond in the sense that that it's not uh, it's not the infinite unknowable. It is actually specifically finite so that it should be knowable. It's Hashem behaving in very finite, concrete ways so that we should be able to have a relationship. But at the end of the day, it's behaviors of Hashem which are not separate entities such as, such as an angel or such as a, um, you know, a mathematical formula, let's say. Right? There still comes some kind of connection. There's, a, there's, a, there's I mean, for sure, there's a connection, for. right? That's right, because that's actually ultimately, even though it's it's limited and it's whatever, but ultimately it's actually an expression of Hashem. Right, because that's that manifestation. That's the manifestation. That's why it's called Atzilus. The um, what did I say? Atzilus uh, translated emanation, 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 which means it's coming from me. Something emanates. It's like, you know, let's say a person's face is shining. So there's light emanating from his face. It's not separate from me. It's, it's me. That's why it's called the world of emanation. Okay? But it's not me in the same sense that I am me, but it's an extension of. This is how we perceive something? It's how Hashem comes across to us, so to speak. So, if there's a person that's supposed to help me during the day, Hashem designated that person to do an act of kindness for me. That's Hashem's kindness that's emanating through that person. Going through much higher levels. You got first, first up in the world of Atsilus, Hashem is deciding. He's gonna send you some kindness. So it's like direct emanation. Then that's gonna be done through the divine chariot, right? Through the world of Kisei, through the, through the uh, kingly throne, which is gonna interact with some of those powers. So the gravity power is gonna be at gravitation. I was just using an analogy, right? Is uh, is the vehicle of of uh, bringing things closer together, just making something up, and therefore that's going to be what the power that's going to be doing the. That's on the lowest level. The person. No, it's way up there. Hold on a second. We're still in the world of Bri. We're above angels right now, right? That's going to that's going to cause the angels, certain angels, to do whatever they're going to do to get. That's going to go through the stars. It's going to send a physical flow, physical a flow that interacts with the physical, and that's going to impact this person. He's going to give you a candy bar. Kokos okay. son of Dolan. Yeah, yeah. This the disembodied power, the world of Bria. Yeah. 
That initial elimination, I guess, is that that's you're saying like the, that, that's where Hashem decides. That was a conduct of Hashem. Hashem conducted Himself in a conduct with a with the conduct of Chesed. Right, okay. But it's not a it's not a thing. So that's why it's only... But being that it parallels perfectly, you get the conducts of Hashem, mm-hmm. parallel, because they're the source from which everything came, parallel the kokos and the the disembodied powers, which parallel the world of angels, which parallel this world down here, since they're all parallel, and they're all, you know, kind of have interconnections, so therefore, it's called a world. As a borrowed term. Okay. So, um, that is that is Os Yudgimu. Okay. Yudalad. So, we discussed already how the Karbonas fix up and align the all of Asiya. The Psuki de Zimra fix up and align the world of Yitzira. The Kriyashma blessings do the same thing for the world of Bria. We also said that all these things correspond inside the person himself, right? My physicality needs to have some Hira in it, right? To be embarrassed and shrink away from its desire to be involved in physicality that corresponds to Carbonus. my emotions need to get excited and aroused for the closeness that I'm about to have to Hashem that's Psukit Zimra my intellect has to be illuminated in contemplating the oneness of Hashem that's Shema with Brachas then I'm ready to talk to Hashem okay now, he's going to go the other way, downwards now. So once I've gotten up there, I've spoken to Hashem, I've made my case, Hashem is... When we were talking about Karbonus before, you started talking about the first Sur Mirah. And then I'll say Tov, and then I give the Karbon to Hashem. Okay, so that's both at the Asiya level. That's what I was saying, yeah. That's why I even tried to... I alluded to the fact that it might have to do with the two parts of the world of Asiya that the Ramchal says that we have, the... That's right, the earth and the heavens. Because yeah. um, uh, this world can exist Bikidusha or not Bikidusha. It has these two parts. You can negate the non do the one is Kedusha. Um, so once I've done that and I've engaged, I've connected, I've done the Shavak Bakasha Hodor, praising Hashem, requesting from Hashem, thanking Hashem, right? That was the. spoke about that. Um, now. You gotta bring that down. You gotta bring it home, right? If you, after the king gives you a precious gift, if you just drop it and it breaks, then uh, your wife is still gonna be without her beautiful jewelry, right? So you have to now bring it back down the chain, okay? So that is gonna be three things. So one of them is gonna be again in the world of thought, really high up, corresponding to the world of Bria corresponding to what we said, Shema, on the one side, right, it's like going up a hill, and then going back down a hill, right, you go up the mountain, talk to Hashem, you engage with Hashem, you get the gift, 
and then you got to go back down the mountain. The same way you came up the mountain, now you got to come back down the mountain. So the top third of the mountain was the Krishma with its blessings. That was the intellectual. Now we're going to have an intellectual on the other side of the tefillah, and that is... Anyway, nope. Good guess because Tachlan does come right after. The, not bad. Next one. Yes. Well, it's you. In other words, kedusha de sidra. Yeah, the kedusha de sidra, where we say kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. Right. That is a. That is the recognition of. The greatness of Hashem, intellectual recognition of the greatness of Hashem, that comes after Tachnun. We'll talk about Tachnun separately. Tachnun is a is a tikkun, meaning I guess in an ideal world you wouldn't have to say Tachnun. In, in fact, there are some people that very rarely do. Right? Uh, they're living in a more ideal world than than the rest of us. But even you know, but there are certain days that we don't say Tachnun. Right, so that means that it's not necess- it's not fundamentally necessary. It's not part of the core story, right? Tachanun is something that needs to happen, right? There's some people do more than just tachanun. In fact, right? There's some people do vidui and the yud gimel harachamim, right? Sfardim. So you got starting. That's the down part, right? That, that's the, that's, yeah, that's the equivalent on the other side of the shema. Right? But we can get to talk about it. We'll get it. I hear I hear We are. Yeah. We are. Before before the before the Kedusha the Sidra. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we need Chazar Sashat? What does that have to do with it? Is that a separate topic? It's a separate topic, yeah. Right now we're establishing tefillah as it applies even if you're davening by yourself. Right? Chazar Sashat is because of the tzibur. Just like, just like a yachid has to bring a carbon, so too the tzibur brings a carbon, right? And the base of Middash will bring a carbon tzibur. So... We have to serve Hashem as individuals. We have to serve Hashem as a community. That's a separate point. Um, in fact, there's a discussion in the Gemara. What's the primary? What's the primary tefillah? Is the primary tefillah the tefillah of, of the uh, the individual tefillah that we do when we whisper, or is the primary tefillah the one that we do when we're listening to the Shliach The first must be the latter. So for Rosh Hashanah, for Rosh Hashanah is the latter. Um, so anyway, so um, yeah, so that's uh, the Vilna Gon said from the day that he was Omad al Daito. Once he became mature in his mind, he never missed a Tfilibut Sibur to pray with the congregation that with all the servants of the king come together and together. Can you imagine? It's one thing, you're asking the king for something, it's one thing. But when all the servants come together to the king and they all together request something, right? There's emissary and they're all standing behind him and they're all saying, you know, your, your highness, your majesty, this, this is what your people need. Can you imagine how much more likely the king is about to, is, is to say yes to that than he is to a single person talking to him? Okay, that was a side point. Coming back to over here. So we got Kedusha the Sidra is the corollary from the Kriyashma that's in the world of Bria, bring us down. Next is we got Shir Shalyom. Now you'll notice 
that um, the Ramchal had Ramchal was a uh, he, he davened he was Italian so he had his Nusach HaTfilah so not always does everything correspond whether you daven here's a here's a great thing that you uh, maybe I'll just take a quick detour explain this one point because for many years I didn't understand this um, I remember when I was just becoming religious I was like well listen Everybody agrees that the Arizal was a great Kabbalist, right? And there's all these Kavanos. Now I don't understand anything. I barely know Hebrew, right? But if I have a choice, and, and, and he davened, you know, um, those are Sfard. Sfardi, Sfardi. Like the Sfardi, right? The, not Sfard, the Hasidic Nusukh, but Sfardi, right? So seems to be that that's the right one, right? I mean, he explains all the, how it all comes down and this thing and then this moves and then it's much more complicated than the way we've explained it so far, right? So why wouldn't a person want to daven like the Arizal daven? Right? So then you see an interesting thing that the Ramchal, who was Italian, he had a different Nusach, a Tfilah, than the Ari. He has a Sudhavistic with the Kavodos of Tfilah according to his Nusach. And then, you discover that the Vilna Gaon wrote the Kavodos for the Ashkenazi, according to Kabbalah. For the Ashkenazi Nusuch. You discover these are all, there's different pathways, there's, they're all Elu Ve'elu, Jibel Kim Chaim, they're all true. Uh, so, even if some of the things are not exactly as you do it, you, you, you maybe you have a Nusuch Sfard, maybe you have a Nusuch, uh, what's called Nusuch Ari, which is Chabad, but it, Ari himself didn't dive in Nusach Ari, right? But, uh, based on? Based on what? Based on Ari? No. It's not like, even based on Ari? It's based on the right, some of the writings of the Ari, but it's it's basically, it's not it's not what he dove and he didn't have it, right? based on Okay. Um, or Whatever you dive in, the point is you should know, be very, very comfortable knowing that really, really, Deep stuff happening, and uh, don't be uh, troubled that you're not like the Arizal, because if you're not like the Arizal, you're like the Vilna Gon. If you're not like the Vilna Gon, you're like the Ramchal. If you're not like the Ramchal, you're like the Rashash. Or if if, uh, if it's a, if it's your tradition, you're following what your parents and great 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 grandparents did. You're in good shape. All right. Um, so next is the Shir Shalom, the daily song. Right, the song that the Levim would sing in the base of Migdash. The Jewish girl sing this because it's coming before Elena for that part. I'm sorry. Baruch identified that we're about to say that after all this is Elena. We say Elena before Shir Shal Yom. Okay. So that's why I'm, I'm, before, I'm anticipating that people are going to get disheartened with, with their with their nusach and uh, start saying well, what do you mean but we learned in the Ramchal that you're supposed to do differently so I'm saying that uh, each nusach the, the nuschos for example nusach Ashkenaz uh, is actually the nusach of Eretz Yisrael from back from, from back uh, during the temple times it's a, maybe the oldest nusach that, that exists so um these are we're in good we're in good hands. Whatever we're diving, we're in good hands. Okay, so um, 
So, but Shir Shal Yom, Shir Halavim, that's song, that's singing, right? So, guess which world? That's right, that's the corollary, right? Again, up the mountain, that was what? Philip? Up the mountain, the singing was what? Look at the Zimra, right? Now, down the mountain, that's the Shir Shal Yom. Yeah? And then, finally, is... Ein Kelokeinu, there's nothing like our God. That's going to be the final leg of the down the mountain, right? That's going to correspond to um, the Carbonus, exactly. Now, what does Ein Kelokeinu have to do with Carbonus? Jeff? He's the Melech down here. So what? Right, so we're going in the Karbanas, we're going from Homri. Okay. I mean, we say Ein Kelokainu. Malkainu is uh, one of them. Alokainu is a different one. I mean, it's in there also, right, but, it's right, not, right. but it's not exclusive to it. I'm trying to think of it. So, so again, what do we speak about? Karbanas is primarily what? It's the negation of something else. This, there's a taiva in the world. People want to eat this meat, whatever. No, it's not for that. It's for Hashem. Oh, but what about this wine? No, it's for Hashem, right? So, ain't kelokein. There's not no one like Hashem. There's no one. There's no one like our God, right? Baruch elokein, no the elokein, right? It's, it's uh, the negation of anything else. The admission is all His, etc. Right? So that that seems to be the parallel to Carbonus. And then we finish off, and the Ramchal views this as like a wrap up of the whole thing. Aleinu, right? So Aleinu is like the uh, the celebration thing, when you go back and you coronate the king over the whole thing, the whole, right, you do the victory dance over around the mountain, right, you went up the mountain, you came down the mountain, and you do the victory dance all around the mountain, and uh, then you're ready to sit down and learn the Gurari Seder after Shachas. Right, Jeff? Okay. So, uh, can you go Mikhail Lechayel? Go from strength to strength. You just had a great davening. What's the next thing you do after you had a great davening? Alan? Eat a meal. That's one potential answer. Jose, you learn a little bit of Torah for a few minutes. If you're tight schedule, it's possible. Okay, anyway, that's, that's me. What? You do both. Okay, fine. So that is. Simon Yudalit Tes Vav. Okay, so now the Ramchal points out that they, they, this was kind of just up the mountain, down the mountain. But there are some, there are some um, um, extra things that we need to do to sometimes, you know, there's some sometimes there could be a little bit of a obstacles along the way, some um, you know bandits or something trying to. You got this precious gift that the king just gave you, right? So there might be some people that might try want to try to uh, you know, ambush you in the corridor, you know what I mean, as you're leaving the palace, right? Or as you're leaving the, 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 the city gates, right? So who are those? So that would be a, somebody who might want to come and, you know, complain to the king. How can you give this to him? Look at this guy. He's such a... He's such a this, he's such a that. Mikatrigim, uh, uh, right? So, so, uh, a prosecutor, right? All of a sudden the prosecutor comes running in 
as you're about to get your to get the thing you've been asking for, the prosecutor comes in with a with a stack of papers, waving a stack of papers, right? So that's why we need to sometimes do some extra stuff after we're finishing request, finish requesting, okay? So that is the three things that Ramchal lists over here, and that's vidui, yudgimomidus harachamim, and tachanum. Okay, so notice in your siddur, right after Davani, we, do, we have we have a vidu malkeinu, which so again sometimes one needs to say. It. And the very the first thing is vidu. Again, we don't Ashkenazim, we don't always say vidu. Achenu bnei Sfarad, brother Sfaradi brothers do say vidu after davening, and. Um, and then there's the 13 attributes of mercy. Okay? So that's obviously a process of repentance. Right? Vidui, admitting our sins, and then afterwards appealing to Hashem's mercy so that He should forgive everything, forgive, forget, and go above uh, our transgressions and nonetheless, um, you know answer our prayers. So just that, that's in case there's... Just in case anyone has any Averis on their hands, that's what one does. Not that it applies to anybody here, but I'm just saying, theoretically. Right? Alex? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so that's Vidui and Yudgiwamidus Harachamim. And then Tachanun is... A bit different. Tachanun is not really a part of of tshuva. In fact, we don't even say Tachanun during intense days of tshuva, right? Uh, you don't say Tachanun on Yom Kippur. Right? You do lots of vidui. Lots of you give me this harachim. You don't do any Tachanun, right? Because Tachanun is... is Hachno. Um, it's... Subjugation, making yourself small, and kind of speaking to, turning to Hashem, saying, "I realize that I may not be worthy, but you know, kind of see, see where I am, see how much I need you, and you know, give it to me anyway." That's a, it's a different thing. It's not, it's not, it's not, you're not doing tshuva. You're just you're like begging, arousing, right? Exactly. Um, which is the Gemara tells the, the famous, very painful story told over in the Gemara about how one of the greatest Torah scholars, Rabbi Eliezer ben Churkins, Rabbi Eliezer Hagadol, he was the greatest one of his whole generation, and there was a disagreement between him and all the other sages about a particular halachic issue. And he knew he was right. They ruled differently, and he would not. He would not give way. Um, and the seemingly the he, after bringing them all these proofs, then he said, "If I'm right, let the you know let the stream flow backwards. If I'm right, let the walls of this house." 
cave in, and everything was happening. Ultimately, a heavenly voice called out and said, The halakha is like Rabbi Eliezer. And the sage says, We don't care. The Torah is down here. It's our Torah to determine. This is how we ruled, and you have to follow the majority. Hmm? Yeah, Rabbi Eliezer did not acquiesce, and he was excommunicated. Um, so the so the Gemara tells a story. Obviously, the Rabbi Eliezer was so pained by this. Um, Rabbi Eliezer's wife was the sister of the Nasi, of the head of the Sanhedrin of uh, Rabban Gamliel, I believe. And she understood that if Hashem basically sees the the pain that Rabbi Eliezer is in, in if Hashem hears his prayers, basically, it, it could mean bad trouble for her brother. So every time when he would finish davening and he would be about to do Tachanun, he would be about to fall his face in Tachanun, she would find some sort of way to distract him. She would like call out, oh, our son fell off the bed or whatever, and you know, he would get distracted and, and not be able to do Tachanun. And one day she was ready to distract him, something happened and she wasn't there, and he said Tachanun and her brother died. Because Tachanun is a way for her brother. The, I mean, Hashem heard the pain of Rabbi Eliezer. So, the story is to coming to tell, obviously, the how powerful Tachanun is as far as arousing divine mercy towards a person and uh, and towards you know, their tefillos. Um, yeah, so, it's especially those of us that need it, it's a very, very powerful vehicle. In fact, I'll say this, yeah, it's like, sometimes you're in a shul, and they, uh, no talking, like, you know, like, the shlechtiba doesn't go off it. There's some, and, you, and you're like, why? What? What happened? He's like, oh, see that guy in the corner. He's like, after that, you find out. Oh, that guy in the corner is a bal simcha. It's like, great. Yeah, I didn't know that. I'm not simcha, so I missed out on my tachanun. Like, in halacha, is a chassan shouldn't go to minyanim so that he shouldn't take away from their tachanun. right? But if you are gonna go, so at least share the simcha with everybody. So we should all be happy. Right, but this way I'm not happy, and I'm also missing out on my tachanu. Right, so, so I said, "What was that? How come? How come we're not saying tachanu?" So at least I should know why. Why we're not saying tachanu? I should be happy. Could he not tell them? What? Could he not tell them? Could he not tell the keyboard? I mean, the halach is you don't say it. Still, you don't say it. Could he? Yeah. Okay, that is Ols Tesvav. So should they announce that they're not doing Tachanun beforehand? They should, but, I, but, I'm, but I'm suggesting they should also announce why we're not doing Tachanun. Right, right. I mean, here, I've been over to Paul Tassidim. There's reasons why they're not doing it. I never even know what the heck they are. Well, yeah, but that's... Don't they do it sometimes for someone's yard site, too? Right, right. 
So again, the so point is, they should, they you should you should find out. Go go over to the for before diving starts. Say, hey, is there, is there? Are we going to be saying talking today? And if not, can you please tell me why so I can be happy? Because when you're happy, you you know your feel is is on a higher level. So either be happy or say talking, but you can't like. Otherwise, you yotzer kareh mikadu mikad. You come out bold on both sides. You you're not happy and you're not saying tachem. Yeah, so yeah. Like, what, what, what's going on? Okay. Um, <clears throat> okay. So we are perfect. So we're up to all tazayim. We're going to talk about next week. Don't miss it. We're going to talk about next week mincha, marv, and tikkun chatzos. The fourth tila of the day. That Noah yeah. never dabbles. So whatever he cooks on Yom Tov, he cooks on Yom Tov.